The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you living a wellness lifestyle? What could it do for you? Join us today on the Wellness Lounge a step further and see how our guests and direction can inspire you to self-empowerment through a wellness lifestyle. Now, here is the host of the Wellness Lounge a step further, Desiree Watson. Good morning, good morning. Thanks for joining us again, and um, happy Monday to everyone. I'm the guest host on behalf of our wonderful guest, Desiree Watson, and um as you know, maybe not now, but she's my mentor. She's my friend. Um, she's the beautiful Desiree Watson inside and out. So help me, God, that I'm filling her space today. And um, we are so excited about our guest today. Um, we are the Wellness Lounge. It's a signature brand for us, and we are taking it with you today a step further. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to us from all around the world. We are humbled to engage with you, and we'd like to see you in our platform, wellnessinteractive.com, to stay more engaged with you. Before I say, we are so excited about our guest today, but before I say welcome to our guest, we want to celebrate Martin Luther King's Day with you today, his birthday, his accomplishments, his life, and what he left for us to live on. And as he says, faith is the taking the first step, even when you don't see the whole staircase. And today I'm not seeing the whole staircase of the show, and we'll go on, but we believe it's going to be great because of our guest. And one another quote from our guest, Ted Rubin, we all leave an imprint of ourselves on the world around us. He says, just be nice. It's the hashtag and return on relationships, um, Ted Rubin. But I want to go and introduce you before I say good morning to him. Ted Rubin is a leading social marketing strategist, keynote speaker, brand evangelist, and acting CMO of Brand Innovators. In March 2009, he started using and evangelizing the term ROR, Return on Relationship, hashtag, hashtag R-O-N-R. Ted left his position as Chief Social Marketing Officer of Collective Bias on August 31, 2013. He remains the fifth largest shareholder. Uh, in the words of Collective Bias co-founder John Andrews, he says, Ted, you were the vision, heartbeat, and soul of Collective Bias. Thank you for building a great company from innovations like collective bias socially to the amazing relationships you built with the blogger community, clients, and employees. You drove the epic growth. You will be missed. But today we're not missing. We're just having Ted Rubin with us in the wellness lounge a step further. Good morning, Ted. Good morning. Good morning, Jade. So happy to be here. Yay. We're so happy to have you. Um, Ted, you know, you have quite awesome engagement, quite awesome presence in social media over the Internet. But I want to know, I want to engage with Ted Rubin, and I want to um, engage our listeners. Ted Rubin, as a child, 
Like, what enlightened you? And who enlightened you? And who made Ted Rubin become Ted Rubin without seeing the whole staircase? Wow. <laughs> You're trying to take me back. You know, I just got back from uh, visiting my mom in Florida. Uh, oh, my, my, so my, nice. my, my dad passed away in February. And my, my mom's on her own now. And, you know, I try to get down and see her as much as I can. And, you know, something I learned was that when my dad passed, and I was pretty close to my dad, but the last few years, you know, they, they were kind of busy with other things. They lived far away. They stopped traveling. It was harder to see him. And at his funeral, um, I, I spoke the way I do at most events, where I don't have a written speech. I, I speak off the cuff. I, I tell stories. And I started telling stories about my dad, about things I remembered and the way he impacted me. And I realized that these were things I should have shared with him when he was still alive, rather than waiting to just share with an audience about him later. And it, it really had a dramatic effect on, on the way I think. So now whenever I'm with my mom, uh, brothers, I try every time to tell a story about something, you know, from our past, like just kind of the question you're asking now. What do we remember? What did we do? I mean, I had I was very fortunate. I had parents that were both first-generation Americans. I had a very close-knit family. Uh, I had something very unique. Uh, my father's father died at the age of 47, and my mother's mother died at the age of 54. And then my father's mother married my mother's father. Now, wow. this happened when I was um, an infant. I mean, my father's father died before I was born. My mother's mother died shortly after. So I only knew these two people as my grandparents and as a couple. And they were soulmates. I mean, they found each other. Um, you know, oh, my, from what I understand, the best wow. of both sides survived. My, my grandfather, who passed, was a gambler. He had a lot of issues. My grandmother was what they called back in the day a difficult woman before they use some of the terminology that we use today. And the two grandparents that I ended up with who were married were the most wonderful people, and it, what it made was for a very close-knit family. There were never issues of where we went on holidays. They spent every summer with us. Um, again, there was, it, there was one from each side, so my parents felt this unique closeness that you might not otherwise have. So I was really influenced by my grandfather. Uh, who was with us every summer, and my grandmother, and in different ways. My grandfather was a man who would say 60 years, not a day without a job. You know, oh he always God. worked. He, he, he always took care of his family. My grandmother was the light of the family. She was an amazing cook. Whenever I took anything I did, she participated in. If it was sports, she made sure to learn and be there. When I played, when I learned to play an instrument, and she knew that I didn't want to practice, she would sit down and sing while I practiced. And... You know, it, it really, it, what it made for me was an understanding of how important early on, and something I exactly. can recognize even more later, of how important moments are mm -hmm. and, and that time you spend. And then my mom was just one of those great moms. I mean, my, my relationship with her became very strained when I went to college because she was an educator and she wanted me to work harder than I was working and I was very close to my dad. And we, we didn't get along real well for a lot of years because she always pushed me off to my dad thinking that he'd be upset if I didn't spend time with him. And now that he's gone and she knows the only reason I'm there is for her, um, our, our, our relationship has dramatically improved and it's given me a look into some of these things 
that we're talking about now. My mom was that was a teacher, and she was always the one that picked me up at school, that took all the kids home after sports, that was always available no matter how busy she was. And, you know, my mom's memory is going a bit. We were walking down the hall the other night after I took her to dinner, and she said something about, I said something about how I had to go pick somebody up. She goes, yeah, the way I used to pick you up, and we had to take every other kid home. (laughs) So, you know... That was obviously, that's the family influence. And then there was one particular gentleman in my life um, who was my wrestling coach. His name is Ira Guy Bell. Um, he, he lived in, uh, in Pine, Arizona, now up in the mountains with his wife, Roz. The two of them together were this amazing team that really, I believe, helped build me into the man I am today. I, I, have, a, I have to fight to keep my daughters in my life. People that have read up on me or have looked into my background know that. Um, my, my ex-wife is the first woman in the United States to be held in contempt of court and convicted of child alienation. And it took mm-hmm. me four years to win a battle that most people back away from. And I like to say it's because of Ira Guy Bell that I, people say, how come you never gave up? And I'm like, because it's just not an option. <laughs> you an never old, give up. There's an old, there's an old saying uh, <laughs> that everybody in the audience has probably heard. It's from Yogi Berra, a famous Yankee baseball player, yes. who, who used to say it's not over till it's over. And my coach used to say it's never over. That it's it, never it, over. That's it's never amazing. Over there's always another match. There's always another instance where you have to stand up for yourself or your family or be there. Uh, he said, even when you die, it's not over because you leave a legacy. So, <laughs> so you know, I, I really believe that those are the people that, I mean, obviously there's a, a, a bunch more in business and other places that I've learned so um, But those are the ones that, for me, really are the ones that built the ingrained character and the, the never-say-die attitude and that helped bring back to me this idea of just be nice. Because after the years of fighting for my kids, I, I was very angry. I was broke. I was in debt. I spent every dime I had. Thank God for amazing friendships I've built over the years because maternal relationship has been a part of my life, my whole life, without even knowing it. And friends that, that came up and gave me money to continue the battle, and I was hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, and I was angry. And I said, you know, I don't want to be this way anymore. And I just started looking at things differently. When people bump into me in the street, I stop and smile at them. When I'm on elevators, I turn around and I talk to people. When I'm, at, when I'm in a store and someone's kind of grumpy behind the counter, I just stand there with a smile. I don't get nasty with them. I don't tell them they should be nicer. I'm just nice to them. And then you find that it, it, it's hard for it not to come back. That's amazing how you explain it. It's just like, you know, I think right now we are in this day and age, people don't realize how it's so important just just being nice. No, absolutely. I also have to tell you that what's really nice is Working, talking to somebody like you and, and having questions that you've never been asked, because I've been asked certain things about people from my childhood, but it, it gave me a chance to really go back and think about, you know, how I became who I am. I mean, I was a scared little kid. I, was, I, I, I talked a lot. Everyone used to tell me to shut up and stop talking. I got in trouble in school all the time for talking too much. You know? and, and, and I was very lucky because my mom, who was a teacher, would say to these people, why do you want to discourage him? Like, if he's interested, if he's passionate, I understand it might be an interruption, but it's not like he's, you know, fighting or saying that he doesn't agree with you. He's, he's interested. He's getting engaged. He's getting involved. And, and that's also led me to something when I talk to companies today and I talk to people about how we all have to be more like children. If we want to have a creative mindset that works, if we want to continue to be an innovative culture, then we have to start thinking like kids again, and we have to start letting our employees, our friends, our families be creative. We, we need to let them 
do the things that, that allow them to do that. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I was young, every time I was at the beach, I tried to dig the train because it was, you know, these dig the train on the other side of the world. And this was a common thing years ago. Now the, the parents feel a need to explain to the child why that's impossible and you'll never get them. And every time I went out there, I expected eventually for a Chinese head to pop up. I mean, of course, eventually I hit water, and then my parents would call me to do something else. But it's a matter of how we think, or, or go to a children's museum and watch a group of children around the blocks table, and watch the way they talk to each other. They don't tell each other what they're doing is stupid. They just keep trying to do new things. And this is what I just believe we need to encourage. And it's something that my mom encouraged myself and my brothers. That, that is so true, Ted. You know, I think we are, we're just like, because maybe the whole economic problems or the world where it's going on, we're just like too much involved with everything else, but not, we're not letting our kids anymore to reach to us and engage with us. Not only just, you know, if, I think it should start in the family, as you mentioned. If we let one another, you know, if we really respect one another, if you listen our child, children and then let them speak, then we might just, you know, we might have a better, nice and peaceful world. Well, you just be surprised what you learn. I mean, children default to happy. Think about that. How many adults do you know? How many adults in this audience can raise their hand and say, no matter what the situation is, they default to happy. No, they default to stress. They default to angry. They mm -hmm. default to worried. They default to concerned. So, like, do I naturally default to happy? Of course not. But what I've tried to do is to do that old, you know, stand back and count for 10 seconds before you react. I mean, I might not. But I just try to rethink it. When, when my initial reaction, hey, I'm a New Yorker. Somebody bumps into me. My initial reaction is, hey, look at them and give them attitude. But now what I do is I find myself catching myself and, and realizing that there's another way. And it's, it's what you'll find is it's not just about being nice to other people. It makes you feel better. Exactly. It, it takes away that and, angst from inside. And I you. think you're carrying your dad's legacy to your children being as a great dad to your beautiful girls. <laughs> right? You know, I, just I, think I, about I do my best. My, my dad was the guy that would clean up the neighbor's yard, that would that would shovel their walk if they couldn't do it. Like, I, he would say, hey, did you shovel the neighbor's walk? I said, well, I went to them, and they told me that, you know, they don't either they can't afford it or because I would go out and shovel walks to pay. He said, well, that's your neighbor. Go do the walk. You'll make the money elsewhere. My dad was a guy that would pull over in a neighborhood where he knew nobody, get out of the car and put the garbage can up in the middle of the road on the side. And now I'm that guy. And the same way I would look at him and be like, why are you doing that? My daughter would look at me, but now they're old enough where they just expect it. They know that I'm going to get out of the car and do the thing, so they deal with it. You know, and, and hopefully, because, you know, it, hopefully I will pass that legacy along to him. Because when we're younger, we think, oh, I'm not going to do that. You know, but, but how many times do you find yourself, like my dad used to say, turn off the lights when you leave a room. And I be like, Dad, what's the big deal? What's it going to cost you, a nickel? And now, of course, every time I leave a room, I turn off the lights. Or he would say, don't lean against the wall, put fingerprints on the wall. And, and I would, again, think this was ridiculous. I do the same thing. So, you know, we, it, it, for, the, for the good and the bad, we learn from those people around us. And it's important, it's important to think about that. You know, exactly. I remember like when my dad yelling, used to always tell us, like, just turn off the lights. And now we're doing the same thing to our kids. I think, you know, um, it's how we pass on their legacies. Because it's important. I tell, I tell parents all the time, watch the way you speak to people in front of your children. Because they learn that. Like, look, I understand sometimes, you know, you have to be firm. And sometimes you might even have to be mm -hmm. nasty. I mean, there are situations 
that might call for. But what you need the best to do is either, number one, try not to do that all the time, especially not in front of your kids. Don't treat people like waitresses and waiters and people behind the counter. You know, it was a bad way because you're training your children to do that. And then the other thing is if for some reason you do have to, take the moment to explain to your child, you know, what the situation is or, or what's happening or why you did it so they can differentiate between circumstances when it's appropriate and when it's not. Exactly, and they can use their logic from that point right. on. Right. Okay, Ted, let's just go to, um, let's just switch to the whole social media world and how you carry this whole knowledge and whole character of yours to social media and um, return on relationships. Because, you know, this social media is just so important, and everyone believes that they understand or they use social media one way or another. But I think they're really missing the great point, as you mentioned, with return on relationships. I always emphasize and highly um, make this important to use, you know, it's not ROI. It's not the return on investments when you do social media. It's on return on relationships, not, you know, business-wise and everything. So please tell us about more social media and how you have this philosophy? Well, something I want to clarify is that I want to make sure everyone knows that I, I, I believe 100% in the necessity of return on investment. Okay? And, and, and a return on investment isn't just about money. It's mm-hmm. about you, you, we make these decisions in our life about people we're friendly with, the things we do. Everything is about you know, what the return is on our time, on our attention, on things that we do. What I say about return on relationships is that it will enhance your return on investment. So, yes, return on investment is an end goal in business, but if you value relationships, if you realize that the connection, the engagement, that the, the ability to build trust, loyalty, and advocacy, and how that will affect your business, then that's really where I'm going with return on relationships. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, what's happened is I think the world has come full circle. First, there was a time where return on relationship was a part of everything we did. We lived in small towns. We knew everybody. Everybody knew our business. It's almost like our lives were an open Facebook page. People knew what was going on in our homes. They knew what our kids did. They knew who our family was. They knew where we traveled to if we traveled somewhere. And, you know, the local merchant knew who we were. They knew our likes and dislikes. They, they, they would recommend things that they knew that would be good for us. And if it was bad, then we'd come back and we'd let them know the next day. And then, you know, technology started uh, coming to the fore. It was early days of technology, so it was more about the ability to mass merchandise. Towns grew. People became many more people around. And we started valuing anonymity. We loved the fact that we could walk into a major department store. Nobody knew who we were. And, and all of a sudden, that became like fun for a while. But what's happening is that technology has advanced to the point where we're like a small town again. Marketers mm-hmm. and business people, even the salesmen behind the counter, can know who we are, know something about us, and add value to our life instead of just trying to sell us more. And I really believe that there's a desire for that. People want to, you know the old cheer sign, you want to walk in somewhere where everyone knows your name. People, but they don't want you to just know their name so they can calculate and go, Jade, X years old, so many kids, this is what I can sell her. They want mm-hmm. to know your name so they can say, Jade, this is her likes and dislikes. This mm-hmm. is what she cares about. Hey, we have this great product. That would really enhance your life. You should go down aisle seven. Or, you know, I'm simplifying it to a degree. But what, what I like to try to explain is when I talk to somebody in a, in a position of authority, whether it's a business owner or someone with a C-level um, title like CEO or CMO, is I like to talk about trust and loyalty. Because these are terms that, that 
executives really understand. They understand that if their customers trust them, it's going to lead to loyalty. And if they're mm-hmm. loyal, they're going to buy more. I mean, most people are in business. There are three terms that they know about. One is called lifetime value of a customer. So what that talks about is how long that customer is going to be your customer. And we can affect that every day by building a stronger relationship. And then there's average order value. What's the amount of product they're buying every time that they purchase? And the same thing goes for that. If we're recommending products that really make sense, that when they leave the store, they still make sense. So when they come back, they're that much more apt to take our advice and, and, and buy the products we're recommending. We can affect that with social media. And then frequency of purchase. How many mm-hmm. times are they buying something from us? This is another thing we can affect by them feeling good about us, by them wanting to come back to our store rather than going someplace else. And you can also, all these things also affect awareness. I mean, the beauty of social media is that we all share it. It's, remember, I like to call it social because it's about being social. It's about knowing who people are. It's about connecting with them the same way you would in an office or in the PTA. And now we have the ability to do this at scale from a distance all over the world. And, and, you know, a lot of people, I, I call, you know, social media is not about the whole technology. It's about psychology and sociology. Because yeah. people need That's to understand true. the importance of being social. You know, just forget about the whole media section for a moment. Just you need to be social to be successful, whatever you're doing. Like, if it's just like you're a brand evangelist, you whatever you are, whatever you want to do over the Internet, you should be social, first of all. Well, you know, it, look, it's, I, I, I just wrote a new book. And it comes out of return on relationships. I mm-hmm. spoke about it there, and it's called How to Look People in the Eye Digitally. So what it's about is the same way that what you were taught when you met people, everybody, whether it was a teacher or a parent or a brother or possibly your first boss, someone taught you about when you meet with people, when you're either in an office or you go to meetings or you're at a cocktail party, about how to look people in the eye when you're talking to them, let them know you're really paying attention to them. You're not looking at everything else around them. And what I find is people are doing that online because they're clicking a button and thinking that means they made a friend. And I like to say that we have to take the word friend back and give it meaning again. Facebook has done an incredible thing for Facebook. They've taken ownership of the word friend. Close your eyes. Think of the word friend and what comes up in most people's heads is not an image of one of their friends, but a Facebook logo. Now, that's mm-hmm. great for them. But what it's done is it's made us believe that just by clicking a friend button or, or, or following somebody on Twitter, they're our friend. No, that's just an initial handshake. And when I shake your hand, that doesn't make us friends. That mm-hmm. makes, that's a door opener. That's you saying, I'm inviting you in to build a friendship with me. So when I speak to audiences or I'm on these kind of calls, I like to tell people that I'm going to give them a really good tip. I'm going to tell them the best social media book ever written. So it's, it's, it's just not, like, you know, it's advice. taking the handshake a step further, right? <laughs> it, it, it's, not, it, it, it's not any of the books that you expect. It wasn't written by me. It wasn't written by any of the other quote-unquote social media experts. And I'm going to give you a tip, a clue. It was written in 1936, and it's more relevant today than it was when it was written, in my opinion. And it's called How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Everybody needs to own that book. I have a copy on my iPhone, on my iPad. I have a copy sitting on my coffee table, and then someone has already also found an original copy and sent it to me as a gift. And when you think about what Dale Carnegie said, everything he teaches are things that we can execute online and, and in our regular lives. I mean, call people by name. No, Ted, let us, let, us give, let us give the book's name one more time. Dale Carnegie, 1936. How to, how to, how to Win Friends and Influence People. 
How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's a very famous book. Every, a lot of people are nodding their heads right now in the audience and saying, yep, either I read that years ago or someone recently mentioned it, or it talks about calling people by name. It talks about making it about them, not about you. It's all about understanding the psychology and the importance of people feeling that you really are interested in them. If you want to learn about, if, if you want someone to want to know about you, learn about them. Listen mm-hmm. to them. I mean, the cues are all there, and, and there's so much available today on Facebook pages, on LinkedIn pages, on Twitter accounts, where you can go, and nobody's doing this. Go to people's accounts and see what they're about. Big businesses are so worried about who comes to their social accounts instead you, you know, of going I believe... to the pages of the people that are following them and mm-hmm. listening to them. These people are inviting you into their living room, exactly. and you're not going. Exactly, and I, I believe, you know, people really um, so obsessed mostly about themselves or the brands, they, they use social media like a broadcasting channel. They're just like talking about themselves, themselves, and, you know, it, it, you can't do that. You can't, do, you can't just engage with others when only you're talking about yourself. You just right, need well, to go and visit in their living room, as you said, and then shake their head, look at their, in their eye. <laughs> and if you, look, if you are going to broadcast, that's okay. Because it is another way to it, but then pay attention to the people that are coming back and making comments to you, mm-hmm. or open it. Use it as a conversation opener. Use mm-hmm. it as a way to build awareness, not just a way to push out information. And and by the way, I also I'm a big believer in that social should be a shell around everything we do. So if you are using traditional marketing, which is fabulous, I'm a big believer in advertising. I'm not the guy saying this is all going away and social is the only way to go. But what I'm saying is use social to enhance everything else you're doing. So if you're, if you're making an advertisement, share it on social channels because there you can have a conversation about it. If you make a great commercial, put it on YouTube, put it out in other places, put it on, on your Facebook, on your, on your Twitter, on your Instagram, places where people can talk to you about it and create conversation because that creates a connection. And when people feel, feel more connected, they're going to be more loyal. It's that simple. They feel like it's someone they know. Everybody wants to know someone. Everyone's, everyone wants to know a guy. I know someone there. I hear a lot of people saying nobody wants to be friendly with a brand. They're probably right. I don't want to be friendly with a brand, but I want to be friendly with someone at the brand. I want to be friendly with a persona of the brand if it's not somebody in particular. And that's where a lot of value comes in. And t- before you go, and I know you should um, leave us very soon, but Please, before you go, tell us how your parents stay connected. Are, do, if they ever engage through social media or use Internet before your dad uh, passed away, uh, not, do you not, not really. what my, you were doing in social five. media and how you engage people all around the world? Well, my parents do not really engage in social media. My mom reads my books, but she likes them in print, <laughs> not electronic. Um, You know, it just it really came about later, and when it was available, my dad was a little bit of a controlling guy, and he had one computer, and it was kind of his. My mother really (laughs) never engaged with it. But but and now it's just too it's just too. I got her an iPad. We use it so she can see pictures we send her. That the woman who helps take care of her shows her, but she doesn't really pick it up for herself. No. Oh, and um, tell us one more story about your dad, how you tell your mom now. Well, you know, I, I really tell my mom stories about her. 
instead of the ones about my dad. I read all of those, but I, you know, look, my dad was, 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 was the guy, like I said, who would always help people. My dad was always there to support me. My dad, when I went, when I went to my jobs, he was always very interested in what I was doing in business. He, 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 even no matter how busy he was, and my dad was, if I would call his office, and if he didn't know it was me very often, they wouldn't pick up. But the minute, like his secretary used to tell me, and this is back in the days of secretaries, and when they called him secretaries, and, and, and she would say, I would call up and I'd say, he's busy, and she'd say, he is. But he would kill me if he didn't if I didn't tell him you were on the phone. So you know there was just that, that connection. My dad worked a lot of hours. He wasn't a, you know he wasn't around a lot. He he was he had to help take care of his of his of his, of his mom for a while. Um, you know we we had I had two brothers. My mom became a teacher. But you know he was just always involved. And whenever I needed him to support me, he was there. It wasn't a question of why are you in this position. It was what can I do to support you. So you know, and, and my dad taught me how to play golf. So as a kid, my dad used to play golf, and my alone time with him was that I'd go with him and pull his golf cart. And friends would be like, what are you doing? We've got to, you know, we're going to go play football out in the park. Where are you going? I'll go, I'm going to play golf with my dad. They go, oh, he's teaching how to play golf? I go, no, not yet. I just pull his cart. And they'd look at me like I was crazy, but this was my special alone time with my dad. And uh, I'll never forget it. And we're happy and honored to have him with us today with your, through your stories, through your memories with him. So uh, we're humbled and honored to have him with us. Um, Ted. Before you leave, um, could you also tell us how our audience, how our listeners engage with you and where they find you? Well, it's it's really very simple. Uh, I'm, I'm Ted Rubin. If you Google Ted Rubin, probably the first three pages is me. I will tell you I am not the 97-year-old Medal of Award winner from World War II. <laughs> uh, all the others are me, but I'm at Ted Rubin on Twitter. I'm Ted Rubin on Facebook. I'm Ted Rubin USA on um, YouTube. I'm Ted Rubin on Pinterest. I'm Ted Rubin on Instagram. I mean, my email address is tedrubin at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to reach out to me anytime. And I, I want to leave you with a couple of thoughts. I want to tell you that please recognize that this is the age of influence where anybody can build a brand, advocate for change, make a difference without ever leaving their house or their bedroom. Now, I'm not advocating that, but what I'm saying is you don't need the budget to travel to events, although it's nice to do it, but you don't need it. You can build a brand on your own by yourself. Just make it authentic. Make it about something you care about and you're passionate about, and, and then put in the hard work and engage with people. So that's number one. Number two is remember something. Relationships are like muscle tissue. The more you engage them, the stronger and more valuable they become. And I hope you all, all you guys have an amazing day, have an amazing week. It's a special day, Martin Luther King birthday. Jay, thank you for reminding us about that. And I will hope to hear from some of you. And please reach out to me on social media. I'll look forward to engaging. Thank you so much, Ted. I hope you have a great day and a great week. And you we'll too, stay in touch. Thank you so thank much. You. And now we're going to go to a commercial break, I believe, and then we'll go over what we talk about with Ted today, influencing and empowering how, you know, even our childhood, even our great memories keep us alive and keep us pushed all around the world. And it's never over until it's over.
This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you ready for a health, life, and empowerment show in one? Then be sure to listen every week for Living Well with Ann Beal. Ann takes her long-running TV show to the Internet Talk Radio Airwaves with guest experts and insight designed to help you live a healthy and successful life. By hearing from the experts and those who have found success, our goal is that you too will be motivated to do the same. Living Well with Ann Beal can be heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time to take a fresh look at your life, but where do you start? Your world has thousands of possibilities that are waiting to be explored. Find out how you can discover your possibilities by tuning in to Fresh Start with Sue Williams Braun. Midlife is a turning point in your journey. It's a time to take off the blinders and find what has meaning for you. Our guests include experts and inspiring people who are making their middle years count and will inspire you to do the same. Fresh Start airs live Fridays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You're tuned in to the Wellness Lounge, a step further with host Desiree Watson. To find out more about our programs, please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. That's wellnessinteractive.com. Now, back to the show. Thanks for coming back and thanks for being with us today. We spoke about um, social media, social media empowerment, return on relationships, but mostly we spoke about how life and how our childhood, how our great memories keep us involved and makes us who we are today. I think Ted Rubin just made it so clear that just like we have really great, amazing life stories, all of us. Wherever you are right now, wherever you are listening, and I know um, Wellness Lounge, a step further, it's a great brand, Wellness Lounge, it's one of our signature brands. Um, we have great listeners all around the world. Desiree made this um, show great, um, that everyone finds something about themselves in the show. So I hope today you felt something, you felt a piece of yourself while Ted was, was speaking about how his parents, how his amazing life story um, made who he himself today, who made Ted Rubin, um, and who made this whole brand evangelist um, and social marketing strategist. But he gave us some great input and some great points to carry on and to make us um, live with the totes. And I think the, best, the most important one is like, um, this is an age of influence. We're just influencing one another. We're really influencing, and we're just, we don't know how important any, any post that we do on Facebook, on Twitter, it just go over and reach out to millions, and that's how important we are right now. Back then, there were, like, radio channels, then TV come up, and then those are the things just influencing one another. But right now, we have the power, all of us individually, we, are, we have the power to influence one another. And why we're, we should really involve to be good, to be nice, just be nice to one another. So this is the age 
um, being influencing one another. And in order to do that, we should be authentic. He said, make it authentic. Make it, just uh, describe who you are. And then remember, relationships are like muscle tissue. I love that part. You should, you should keep that strong. Remember, all the relationships are like muscle tissue. I truly want to emphasize it one more time. So um, thanks to Ted Rubin. Um, he's taking time and be with us today. And um, whoever missed the show, whoever missed his part, it's always you can find um, through our channels um, and you can listen. Um, the great conversation we had, Ted Rubin, and you can listen over and over again to get your part, to get your influence out of that. Um, just we'll go over one more time uh, who was Ted Rubin. Ted Rubin is a leading social marketing strategist, keynote speaker, brand evangelist, and acting CMO of Brand Innovators. Um, Many people in the social media world know Ted for his enthusiastic, energetic, and undeniably personal connection to people. Ted is the most followed CMO on Twitter, according to Social Media Marketing Magazine, one of the most interesting CMOs on Twitter, according to Say Media 13 on Forbes, top 50 social media power influencers, and number two on the lead tail list of top 25 people most mentioned by digital marketers. And first and foremost, and lastly about him, return on relationships is the basis of his philosophy. It's all about relationships. So as the relationships, um, we, Wellness Interactive, it's our main brand, umbrella brand. Um, we have a great website. You want to really utilize our um, website because when you go and type www.wellnessinteractive.com, we're interactive all over. Um, It's all here on Wellness Interactive. If you have exciting things just happening, share with us. If you want to, if you have that whole knowledge about wellness, share with us because um, we have radio channels, we have videos, we have wellness TV, we have wellness stories, we have wellness news, we have the library. Um, you can find all the information you're looking for about wellness and um, we want you to share your stories with us because I know you have so much knowledge. We all know that you have so much knowledge. Um, share with us. Please stop by um, our website, www.wellnessinteractive.com. And we're all over, as um, Ted emphasized, we, have, we cover everything. We have all the social media channels. We are on Facebook, um, Wellness Interactive. When you go to Twitter, Wellness INT, um, our, um, tag, um, our name on Twitter, Wellness INT. We are on Pinterest. We are on Instagram. We highly use um, Google+. Plus. So whichever platform you're using, you can stay connected with us. But I think the best thing you can do, um, just go and visit our website, one more time, www.wellnessinteractive.com. Um, you can find so much about us, and we want you to share so much about you. Um, it's all here on Wellness Interactive. Connect with healthy people and just give us your health stories, how you use preventive um, stories, how you know your knowledge, how you're eating healthy. Um, we want you to talk with us. We want you to reach to us. 
And um, also we have um, Wellness Lounge, which is our signature brand. Um, Wellness Lounge, and this is our show, Wellness Lounge, a step further. But we have a flagship Wellness Lounge, um, and it's located at 14 South Orange Avenue, South Orange, New Jersey. We want you to stop by because the Wellness Lounge, it's a relaxing retreat where people can experience unique approaches to preventive care and learn new ways to improve their health and well-being. We have a living therapy lifestyle workshops and classes. We have alternative therapy treatments. We have special events. You might just try just like organic teas and treats. We have eco-friendly something healthy products, which is also another brand. Um, We might just private label products, um, and it can be anything you may choose and pick from our products. We can customize gift baskets for you. So it's all wellness. It's all interactive, but we have this flagship um, location one more time, which is located in 14 South Orange Avenue, um, South Orange, New Jersey. You can reach us through um, our website again. It's all, all the way on the top. You just need to click and um, find the Wellness Lounge. And we also do, um, through our Wellness Lounge, we also do pop-up Wellness Lounges. Um, we can customize Wellness Lounge, which is an exclusive on-site retreat where participants can experience a variety of complementary treatments. Wellness Lounge features lounge room, hands-on treatments, which I know you will all love and enjoy because we have so many different different hands-on treatments. We're definitely not a spa, uh, but more than a spa, more than everything. Like when you come and just experience the atmosphere, the the, the room. Uh, you will understand what you mean, what we mean, um, including acupuncture, reflexology, massage therapy, cupping therapy, ear candling. I don't know if you ever heard of ear candling, but the, it, even like if you just Google ear candling, uh, our video is one of the most viewed, um, most watched videos um, through our amazing Michelle doing ear candling. It's amazing therapy. If you have allergies, and, you know, you might have allergies even though when it's just the season, it's not the season. You still have allergies. You never know. (laughs) Just to get rid of those allergies, um, you want to try the the, the wellness lounge, uh, either our flagship wellness lounge or as a corporate, you want to experience our wellness lounges, pop-up wellness lounges. We're happy to discuss just to reach us, um, again, through our website, www.wellnessinteractive.com. You can find the wellness lounge on top. Um, it's one of our um, signature brands. So, um, again, I'm truly happy to um, have a chance to guest host uh, on behalf of our amazing Desiree Watson. She's our CEO, president of Wellness Interactive. Um, she's not only um, our president and our CEO, but she's, she's a mentor um, and a great friend to me. Um, and I'm, I'm glad to uh, have space to have room um, under Wellness Lounge a step further. We want to take a step further today. Um, what you feel and how you feel um, 
you can do it. As, as Ted Rubin, our great guest today, mentioned, um, anything can be done. Anything can be done, but you need to understand your importance. And it's all uh, relying on you. It's all, it's all in you. And it's, you, know, you need to be passionate. Whatever you love, whatever you want to do in life, you need to be passionate about it. If you just give up what you do, you may never know. You may just be maybe in the last minute of accomplishing what you want to do. If you give up, you never know if you one day uh, accomplish you want to do. So first and foremost, you should be passionate about what you do. And I, I love Wellness Interactive because we are all passionate about what we do. And everyone under Wellness Interactive roof, um, we believe wellness. We believe how you should take good care of yourself before everything else because health is the most important thing in life. If you're healthy and if you're, you know what you're capable of, there's no limit in life that you can succeed. Um, and as, as again, um, Ted Rubin mentioned, in this day and age, trust, loyalty, and advocacy is is most important thing. As not only just as a brand, but as a person, you should be trustworthy. You should be loyal. And then, you know, if you want to carry this into another level, into um, into your um, companies, into your success stories, that's perfect. Just carry on what you have. And also, um, they, uh, Ted Rubin mentioned us a great book. I want to emphasize one more time about Dale Carnegie's book um, from 1936, How to Win Friends and influence people. I think we sh- if you have never read that book, we should all go and get that book and start reading. And you never know, maybe, you know, we might just get something and we might just learn how to win more friends and influence people. Um, and I'm, again, we're just so happy to have you with us um, at Wellness Lounge a step further today. Um, again, we have great social media platforms. You can reach us, and we love tweeting. If you just tweet us, we, our, our name is wellnessint, at wellnessint. Um, you can find us um, through Wellness Interactive, um, our page. But again, so now let's go to our commercial break. <laughs> up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You're tuned in to the Wellness Lounge a step further with host Desiree Watson. 
To find out more about our programs, please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. That's wellnessinteractive.com. Now, back to the show. Thank you, thank you for listening to us, listening us, and thank you so much for being a part of um, Wellness Lounge a step further. Um, We had our guest today, Ted Rubin, um, and we talk about social media, and then we go over about our social media platforms as Wellness Interactive, and... um, I truly, um, I'm honored to be here f- uh, on behalf of Desiree Watson, um, and I want to share a couple of my stories with you because, um, you know, it's so important to stay connected um, globally through social media, and um, it's so important. You can make so many friends, and you can just make your voice heard through social media. That's really um, another stage I think we can all take so much benefit out of it. Do you know how to use social media to target a global audience? Because, you know, after all, social media provides a low-cost solution to engage your prospects, customers, and partners located in different regions of the world. Um, It's so easy right now. You can do it. But I think, you know, first and foremost, we get, we get, uh, rid of the fear of using social media. Um, there are so many opportunities out there, but I think first we should take a first step to use um, to start using those platforms. Because the more you engage and the more you get to know more people, the fear goes away. I know a lot of people, I think the most younger people, they know and they utilize it so well. But I think um, our age, middle age, um, a lot of people kind of like stay away from it. The more they say, um, I am really afraid, the more they stay away from it. So, um because there's so much information available out there. In the past, statistics on social media were difficult to come by, and they were not always relevant, but there are more Internet statistics available today, even for social media. And um, social media, I I think the usage of social media is really different regions of the world. Um, And I know a lot of we have so many different people from different regions listening to us today. Um, as a fact, we have so many listeners from um, Thailand, from um, Australia, through, from Turkey. Um, and there's so many different usage of social media. Um, a good place to start is to look for general insights into the social media environment, into places you would like to reach. Um, there's, like a, um, there's like a Nielsen report, Global Faces and Network Places, um, clearly explains why localization has won the day in many countries and says, succeeding in China takes more than producing and translated version. It requires investment in a local infrastructure and a mentality of running uh, a social network that understands domestic nuances of social network behavior rather than simply rolling out a generic social network. Um, there, it's such a big difference in social media, what's happening in Australia and South East. Southeast Asia. Um, cultural differences in how people respond to social media, it's really, it's, it's amazing. Um, always impact how people use social media. Um, like 
engagement-wise. Um, there's good, good research, like Jack Gann says, there seems to be a gap between Americans and New Zealanders on Twitter usage. Uh, for instance, um, people from um, Kiwis, um, New Zealanders, for the most part, seem to engage a bit more, and the rel- relatively fewer accounts, proportionally, made up automated tweets. <laughs> and there seems to be more of a demand on American Twitters, for instance, to provide a lot of content. And I suspect that this drives automation. Um, This arguably comes back to the different cultures, one historically more collaborative, the other historically more individualistic. Um, And there's like hesitation, like France shares a trait with many countries, hesitation, observation before engaging in new social media, um, and like networking. Um, Lucy Chatburn sees more networking activity on both LinkedIn and Facebook in Turkey than in the UK. Um, Turkey, in Turkey, people more, um, um, spokeful, um, they, they talk about more, um, on Facebook than anyone else. This could be because networking doesn't come naturally to many people, and um, a LinkedIn profile is definitely not seen as an essential career tool in the UK. But as United States, we know the importance of using and having an account on LinkedIn because it's just not just you know that doesn't really show who you are. It just gives you the whole career details of your life and. Of course, there are many more ways cultural differences impact social media before you can find the right way for your business to connect with people on social media platforms in different countries. You need to know to develop cultural awareness, so you need to do a good research and adopt your communication and social approach. But I think first and foremost, um, you need to make a good research, but then look in yourself, look within. Um, maybe you just have blockage. Maybe you're just blocking yourself um, to reach out to people. Because I want to share one of my stories. Um, uh, one day I, I just stopped by a local store, um, and th- th- in that local store I, I truly love the owner. And she was like, I don't know how many friends you have. Like every time you stop by the store, she said to me, you have a different friend with you. I'm like, yeah, because I love, I love being connected with people. I love talking to them, looking in their eye. But it's just going back to what Ted says. When you, you can do it in, in um, digital platforms as well. Just look into people's eyes digitally. Um, just because you can make them feel warm even with your tweets, even with your comments, wherever the platform they're in. So it's doable, um, but you just need to be honest. You just need to be who you are, and you just need to gather your mind, body, and soul. Um, You just need to stay connected within to stay connected with others. It's just that simple, but um, sometimes simple is the most hardest thing in life. Um, But I think we all need to go back to our childhood and who influenced us, who really have a great great impact in us. Um, Then we might just found our roots and we just find the courage to stay connected, to stay connected within to stay connected with others. Um, and social media allows us um, to, to do that. Um, 
it's 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 really it's um it's available out there and um i believe wellness interactive um we 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 created that platform for you and if you have those great stories you want to share with us please come stop by um we're in www.wellnessinteractive.com we want to be interactive with you we want to interact with you we want to listen to your stories cuz every story has its um impact on life uh, and every story has has a great meaning like how ted shared his amazing story his amazing life story his amazing childhood and if you missed today's show uh you may just go back and find wellness lounge a step further um listen our oldest shows we have great shows but you you can definitely listen the show we had today you just missed it if you just missed it if you were with us that's great <laughs> we we really enjoyed and uh, and we feel the presence the the awesome presence of you guys but if you missed our show you can definitely find all other episodes um through our video channel to our radio channels um to our um voice america um we are we're really happy to host you today and on behalf of um the wellness lounge a step further I I want to thank again one more time Ted Rubin um being with us today sharing his amazing story sharing his um great um advice and great points um before I want to say goodbye to each and every one of you I want to emphasize one more time um this is an age of influence you can do so much just Turn in, in, believe in yourself, make it authentic. Remember, relationships are like muscle tissue. Um, you can do so much, but we can do so much together. And I am looking forward to stay connected with us through our social media channels, through our um, wellnessinteractive.com. And I want to thank Desiree Watson to give me the <laughs> chance to be the guest host on her behalf. And I, I believe she's with us today, and she's going to be with us next week, Monday. We're looking forward to see you, to 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 have your faces on our platforms, and I hope you have a great day. One more time, have a happy Martin Luther King's Day. Um, and one more time before we leave, um, I want to read um, his great quote. Um, what he says, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us this week for the Wellness Lounge. A step further, please tune in next Monday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel or our replay Saturday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel for another great show featuring your host, Desiree Watson. We'll continue to show you how to incorporate a wellness lifestyle and live a better life.